So this being a fifth Sunday means that things look a little different today in more ways than one. Last time we had a fifth Sunday this year, I, I told you as we got started, hey, things are going to look a little different. As you already can tell, things are going to feel a little different, look a little different during this service today. we got some great things ahead, and as you can tell, we've already had some great things already. Amen? So thankful for what God has done and what He continues to do. So we're in the process of walking through this year of thinking about fitness for the soul, that our souls would be fit. And there are five different aspects to this fitness for the soul that we're going to look at this year. The first one was worship Jesus, which was the month of January. And and then starting in the, in the month of February, we began with hope in Jesus. And we're going to conclude that this morning. And then next Sunday, we'll start walk with Jesus. Okay? So we're looking forward to that as well. And so today, as we look at this idea, we're going to come to Exodus 15 here in just a few minutes. So you can go ahead and turn your Bibles uh, if you would. And we'll read it in just a moment. But you know, as I was looking over this passage of Scripture today... And I, and I was thinking, you know, I've never claimed to be a good singer, but I've always loved to sing. And music has, has a way of reaching into our souls and helping to express what is in the depths of our heart. Is that right? Amen? I mean, come on, let me tell you about my Jesus. Come on, right? Somebody once said that music is the shorthand of emotion. Martin Luther said, music is the art of the prophets and the gift of God. And the psalmist says in Psalm 96, verses 1 and 2, Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Bless His name. Tell of His salvation from day to day. So today we come to the end of this aspect of the fitness for the soul, hope in Jesus. And we see that as the Israelites are rescued... Now we come to chapter 15. Last week, we saw them go through the Red Sea, right? Amen? And now today, we see they have been rescued, and the Israelites sing a song. And so what happened was, is their rescue elicited a response, and that was they sang. So our, listen, friends, here's what I want you to know today. That our rescue as believers in Jesus Christ, when he has rescued us, it also should elicit that same response. Let's see that we have hope in Jesus today and that he is our song. And then may we walk away reminded and responding in the song of Jesus for all of eternity. Amen? All right, so if you're able, if you would, Stand as I read the Word of God in reverence to the Word of God. I'll read this for us, starting in Exodus 15, chapter, chapter 15, verses 1 through 18. The Bible says, Then Moses and the people of Israel sang this song to the Lord, saying, I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider he has thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him, my Father's God. And I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his host he cast into the sea. And his chosen officers were sunk in the Red Sea. The floods covered them. They went down into the depths like a stone. 
Your right hand, O Lord, glorious in power. Your right hand, O Lord, shatters the enemy. In the greatness of your majesty, you overthrow your adversaries. You send out your fury. It consumes them like stubble. At the blast of your nostrils, the waters piled up. The flood stood up in a heap. The deeps congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I will pursue. I'll overtake. I'll divide the spoil. My desire shall have its fill of them. I'll draw my sword. My hand shall destroy them. You blew with your wind. The sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glorious deeds, doing wonders? You stretched out your right hand. The earth swallowed them. You have led in your steadfast love the people whom you have redeemed. You have guided them by your strength to your holy abode. The peoples have heard, they tremble. Pangs have seized the inhabitants of Philistia. Now the chiefs of Edom, dismay, trembling seizes the leaders of Moab. All the inhabitants of Canaan have melted away. Terror and dread fall upon them because of the greatness of your arm. They are still as a stone till your people, O Lord, pass by, till the peace of people pass by whom you have purchased. You will bring them in and plant them on your own mountain, the place, O Lord, which you have made for your abode, the sanctuary, O Lord, which your hands have established. The Lord will reign forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Let's, let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the reading of your word this morning. Lord, I thank you that you are my strength and my song, and I thank you that you are our salvation. I pray, Lord, that you would be with us today. Guide and direct us, Lord, in all that's said and done. I pray, Father, for those who may not know you, that this is the hour of salvation. Lord, break through. Lord, open up the windows of heaven. Pour out your blessings upon us by your Spirit, moving in every heart and every life. Lord, now take this little bit that you've given me this week, and Lord, multiply it and use it for your glory. Lord, I pray the words of my mouth, meditation, my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my rock and my redeemer, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Well, as I said already, so today it's going to look a little different as we, the last fifth Sunday, if you recall, you got to help me preach. Well, you get to help me preach again today. Isn't that great? And so what's going to happen is I'm going to give you two points. And then we're going, to go to, we're going to witness something at that point, something unique. And then we're going to sing. And then I'm going to come back up to give you the one to do that I have for you today. So there's two points. We'll do a little something, sing a little something. I'm going to come back up, do the to-do. Then we'll have our invitation hymn. Y'all in with me on that? All right? Amen? Good, because we're going to do it anyway. Here we go. All right? So if you picked up your bulletin today, there's two points you see there, and you see that uh, the first one says rejoicing A, that actually should be T, and the second one should be uh, A, all right? So it's a little bit mixed on the bulletin. Uh, that was my fault, uh, but uh, you'll see as we get to it what we're talking about. All right, so coming to this passage of Scripture, the Israelites have been rescued. They have been set free from the bondage of those Egyptians, from the Pharaoh. The enemy has now been defeated. Hope is now theirs. They are headed to the promised land. And their rescue now, it causes them to erupt with, re here's the first point, rejoicing to him. 
rejoicing to him. They're rescued. They have been rescued. It causes them to erupt with rejoicing to him. So last week we saw in chapter 14 that we saw that the Israelites come through the Red Sea on dry ground. And God made the way when there was no way, right? And the enemy then drowned in the sea. The enemy were defeated and God's people are free. And so what's the very next thing that we see take place here? And that's in verse one, then. You see that word then? So they've just been freed, then. You can circle that. Moses and the people of Israel sang this song to the Lord, saying, I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously, the horse and his rider he has thrown into the sea. Then they sang to the Lord, saying, I will sing to the Lord. As they had been rescued, now they are singing praises to him. Why? Because he's the one who has set them free. Amen. They're not singing praises to Moses. They're not singing praises to the, the water there, the, 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 was the, the Red Sea. They're not singing praises to the dry ground. They're singing praises to the one who has set them free. He's the one who heard them, who remembered them, who saw them, and he knew. This song begins giving the reason for their singing, that their enemy's been defeated and that they are free and free. But then in verse 6, it shifts directly singing to him. And we see there in verse 6 that they sing directly to him for his able hand. Look at verse 6. They sing, your right hand, O Lord, glorious in power. Your right hand, O Lord, shatters the enemy. You see, they're rescued, and they recognize what God has done. And right here in this verse, they erupt in rejoicing to him for his power. They say, you, O Lord, are able, and you, O Lord, are powerful, and you are great and mighty, and you've done the impossible. Well, you see that in verse 8, where he says, the blast of your nostrils flood stood up in a heap. Lord, you've done the impossible with these walls of water that have come up. You've accomplished our freedom. You have defeated the enemy. You've made the way when there was no other way. God, there is no one like you. And so they're singing to him for his able hand, but also they're singing to him for his awesome holiness. Look at verse 11. They sing, who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glorious deeds, doing wonders? So they're singing to him because he's holy. They are rescued and they recognize what God has done. And here they erupt in rejoicing to him that he alone is holy God. Not the gods that the Egyptians were going after, but he alone is holy God. They're saying, you, O Lord, are high and lifted up. You are majestic in your holiness. There is no one like you. And so they're singing to him for his able hand, his awesome holiness. And they're singing to him, thirdly, for his amazing heart. Look at verse 13. They say, you have led in your steadfast love the people whom you have redeemed. You have guided them by your strength to your holy abode. And so they're saying, look, they, they've, they've been rescued and they recognize what God has done. And right here, as they're singing this part of the, the song, they erupt in rejoicing to him for his steadfast or his unfailing love. It's, they're saying, it's your unfailing love, O Lord, that has led us. You are the one who has redeemed us. You're the one who has brought us through. And who can understand it? And you love us even though 
We're so undeserving. There is no one like you. You see, friends, because of their rescue, they erupt in rejoicing to him for his able hand, his awesome holiness, and his amazing heart. But you know, as I look at that, friends, here's the thing. Is that isn't this song that the Israelites sing, isn't it a foreshadowing of our own song as well? Because, beloved, if we know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we know that he has also rescued us. Amen? And so we've been rescued from our enemy. We've been set free, and we have hope, and we are headed home one day. So here's what I want you to embrace today, all right? Here's what I want you to embrace, is that your rescue and my rescue should cause us, beloved, to erupt in rejoicing to him. We sing to the Lord because of his able hand. We sing to the Lord because he has done the impossible. We sing to the Lord because he has made the way for our freedom when there was nothing that we could do to save ourselves. That he has, we, we sing to the Lord because he has made us free. You see, in Hebrews 10, it tells us it's impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sin. In chapter 10, verse 10, it tells us, and by that we will have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. By the hand of God, we've been rescued. It should cause us to erupt in rejoicing to him for his able hand. But also your rescue, my rescue, should cause us to erupt in rejoicing to him uh, for his awesome holiness as well. We sing to the Lord because of his awesome holiness. He is, he is Holy, 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 the Lord God Almighty who was and who is and who is to come. And we say, Lord, we sing to you because there is none like you. You are God. There is no other. You're holy, holy, holy. And so our rescue should cause us to erupt in rejoicing to him for his able hand, his awesome holiness, and also for his amazing heart. We, we sing to the Lord because of his amazing heart. Beloved, the truth is that we are so undeserving of his love. We're so undeserving, but he has rescued us. That we were lost in sin, but that he loved us and he called us to himself. And we don't understand it, but he is gracious and he is merciful and he's slow to anger and he is abounding in steadfast love. Jeremiah 31, 3 tells us, That the Lord appeared to him from far away. He says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I've continued my faithfulness to you. And in Romans 5, 8, we read these words. But God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Beloved, we rejoice in Jesus, rejoicing to him because of who he is. Hey, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a couple, as a matter of fact. When was the last time that you pondered your rescue, that you thought about how lost I was, but now how found I am, and it caused you to erupt in rejoicing to the Lord? When was the last time your heart swelled with rejoicing because there's no other name like the name of Jesus? When was the last time, friends, that you you thought of the love of God and you wondered, who am I that he would love me, that he would choose me, that he would call me, that he would redeem me, and it caused you to overflow with joy and wonder? 
You see, friends, if we have been rescued from bondage, and as believers, we have, saved from our enemy, then it should cause us to erupt in rejoicing to him. And also we will erupt, and here's the second point, we will erupt in rejoicing about him. So not only who he is causes us to rejoice in song to him, but also what he's done evokes this rejoicing. As Moses and the people of Israel sing this song, they are rejoicing about him. They are remembering what the Lord has done for them, and they're remembering their rescue. They're remembering their salvation. They have just seen their lives delivered from the enemy, and they're remembering their salvation. They rejoice in song, remembering what he has done. A couple of ways. First off, they rejoice in what he's done as he has secured their salvation. In verse 1, the latter part of that, they're remembering where it says, he has triumphed gloriously, the horse and the rider he's thrown into the sea. In verses 4 and 5, we see that they remember that the enemy's defeated, cast into the sea, covered by the flood, and they're gone forever. In verses 8 through 10, we see that they remembered, he made the way through the sea. And it was their, this through the sea, it was their path to life, but also it was the enemy's path to destruction. They remembered his hands secured their salvation, and it defeated the enemy. But also, they see that, and they rejoice that he has assured their salvation. And they sing about that security in their salvation, but also the assurance of their salvation. At the end of verse 13, they, they sing, you have guided them by your strength to your holy abode. In verse, first part of verse 14, the peoples have heard, they tremble. Then to verse 15, trembling seizes the leaders of Moab. Verse 16, terror and dread fall upon them because of the greatness of your arm until the people pass by whom you've purchased. And verse 17, you will bring them in and you will plant them on your mountain. Verse 18, and the Lord will reign forever and ever. So we look at that and say, okay, it sort of seems a little out of place for what they were just coming through. And certainly they would rejoice in the enemy being defeated. They rejoice in who God is. But why are they talking about these people whom they've not yet come in contact with? Because here's what this part of the song is about. This song is looking to the future. And it's looking to the future with confidence that as they make this route, they are assured that God will lead his people to his promised destination. That he has secured their salvation, but also he has assured it because he is the Lord who will reign forever and ever and ever. Amen? Amen. So they remember what he's done. They're rejoicing about him. The question for us today is, do we remember? Do you remember? Do we remember what it tells us? We're reminded in Colossians 1 verses 13 and 14. Reminds us how he secured our salvation. Well, that passage says, He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And we're reminded that he's assured our salvation. In Ephesians 1, 13 and 14, it says, We've been sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praises of glory. You, you see, friends, we can relate to the Israelites' rescue, because it foreshadows ours. That just as they had on one side, they had fear. When they were rescued, on the other side, they had freedom. Beloved, their story is our story. 
On one side, there's drudgery. On the other side, there's delight. On one side, there's bondage. On the other side, there's blessing. On one side, there's worry. On the other side, there's worship. On one side, there's anxiety. On the other side, there's assurance. On one side, there's loss. But on this side, there is life. Amen? Their story is our story. Do you remember? And just as Moses and the Israelites remembered and rejoiced in song about him, beloved, I'm here to tell you today that we also have a song. We also have a story, do we not? Amen? And so let us rejoice in who he is and what he's done. Because we have hope in Jesus Christ who has rescued us. We have been rescued. We, we, it's our, our salvation. He has saved us. He's delivered us. And it's been secured and it's been assured all in Jesus Christ. At the cross of Calvary and at the empty tomb. Our, and that rescue, when we have been rescued, friends, our rescue er, causes us to erupt in rejoicing. Amen? And sometimes I wonder, how is it that we can come to church sometimes and hear a song, and we say, oh, glory to his name. Come on, people, right? Jesus has set us free from sin, and now we have hope. Our rescue erupts in rejoicing. Beloved, today, today we're going to do something unique, all right? If you're helping me today, you can go ahead now and get into place. So I've, got, I've asked several people to help me. Uh, this morning, you can go ahead and get into place right now. People are looking like, oh boy, what's getting ready to happen? Well, you're going to find out in just a few minutes, all right? But as we said, rescue brings about rejoicing. And we're going to be reminded of the Lord's rescue and our rejoicing. Some folks are going to help illustrate this by testifying. Y'all with me? Some folks are going to help me by testifying to the greatness of God. See, now, now, there's a lot of people that just walked out of here, Pastor. We're going to be here at 2 o'clock this afternoon. No, just trust me, all right? Here's what's going to happen. They'll be given testimony through a piece of cardboard, all right? One side, they're going to hold up a piece of card, each one of them. One's going to hold up, each one's going to hold up a piece of cardboard. One side is the before, and the other side is the after, Okay? And each one is testifying to the awesome, amazing, assuring work of God in their own individual lives because they have a story to tell. They have a song. And beloved, so do you. And his name is Jesus. Amen. As a disciple of Jesus, we each have a story. A story of salvation and also likely a story of how the Lord has brought us through as believers, brought us through some difficult times, how he has worked in our lives as believers during struggles and brokenness. And when we think about our story, while we may not all be singers, there is a song in our heart. It's a song of rejoicing. So, oh, praise the Lord with me for who he is. And oh, oh praise the Lord with me for, for what he has done. And let this experience now let it wash over you today. You know, you too have a story. You have a song of praise. Now it's your turn. So let us testify in song, remembering that we once were lost, but now we have hope. That now because of Jesus, 
Death has no sting. Life has no end. And we have been transformed by the blood of the Lamb. Beloved, that is our story as believers in Jesus. That is our song. So here's the to-do, all right? This is the application point after everything we've heard, seen in the Word of God, experienced here today. Here is the to-do. Let your life sing the song of Jesus. Amen. Amen? Let your life sing the song of Jesus. If you look back again in our scriptures real quick in verse 2, Moses and the people of Israel sang this in verse 2. The Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. So Moses here and the people, they make a bold de declaration. Now look, we're singing to him about him for what he's done, and we declare that this God, he is the Lord, he is the God of all, that he is my strength, he's my song, he's my salvation, that he is my God, he's my Father's God, pointing back to the covenant that God had made. And so they say, I will sing, verse 1. I will praise him here in verse 2. I will exalt him. They're making that declaration. Beloved, as believers in Jesus, let us, let your life sing the song of Jesus. Do not be ashamed to declare who he is. You see, these folks were rescued and they could not be silent. Beloved, what about you? Do you have a relationship with Jesus? Do you have this same hope today? If the answer to that is no, then I encourage you today, as he is calling you to, your, to himself, to turn from sin, turn to Jesus, and trust that Jesus Christ is the Son of God who loved you, who came upon this earth, that he died for you a cruel death on the cross of Calvary, was buried in a borrowed tomb, and he, was, he rose again bodily on the third day. He ascended to heaven, he sent his spirit, and he is coming again. Amen? Amen. Trust him as the Lord and Savior of your life. You see, friends, if you know Jesus Christ, then let your life sing of your rescue. Let your life sing of Jesus Christ, because other people need to see, other people need to hear what Jesus has done in your life and in my life. We've been rescued. We look to the hill of Calvary. We're reminded the Savior died for us. We rejoice that Jesus has set us free. And our sins are forgiven. And our future is heaven. And we praise God for what he's done. And so, beloved, let us praise him with our lips. Let us praise him with our lives. Because you have a story. You have a song and so let your life sing the song of Jesus. Hope in Jesus. He is our rejoicing. He is our song. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, as we come to this moment where we sing again about what you've done. Lord, may we surrender our lives. Every one of us here today surrender our lives afresh and anew to you that we would be willing to say, I want my life to sing the song of Jesus. Lord, you know I can't sing a lick, but I want my life to sing of Jesus. Father, I pray that you would work in every heart and life. For those here today that don't know you as Lord and Savior, let this be the hour of salvation. Father, for those of us who do know you as Lord and Savior, 
May we walk away with a renewed sense of the hope that we have in you. As we experience these testimonies, as we've sung these songs, now, Lord, we commit our time this next few minutes to you and commit our lives to you. Lord, I pray that folks would come take a pastor by the hand and pray. I pray silently here at the altar, whatever the case may be, that, Lord, you would be magnified, you'd be lifted up as we surrender all to you today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.